Hello, and welcome to Making It to the Mic, a podcast about how different voice actors got to where they are today. I'm your host, Stephanie Pam Roberts, and this week's guest is Jonathan Tilly. Jonathan is a voice actor, content creator, helper, and coach to creative people, and all-around positive person. He and I have known each other for years, but I was so excited to talk to him for this episode and hear about parts of his journey that I never knew before. We talk about being an American voice actor in a foreign country, how he pivoted into helping voice actors find their voices and marketing themselves, and so much more. This is a good one, so let's get started. Here's my conversation with Jonathan Tilly. Hello, Jonathan Tilly. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am so good. Thanks for ending your night uh, with this podcast. My pleasure. So I'd love to start out by asking you to tell us about your journey. How did you make it to the mic and what did you do before voiceover? Oh, geez. Great question. So I was performing in Germany in musical theater shows that they would lift from Broadway and the West End and plunk into the German musical theater scene, the exact same staging, choreography, costumes, absolutely everything. The only difference was that all the songs that you and I know and love in English were translated into German. So I was on stage knowing what I was singing in English, but having phonetics lessons every day just to pronounce everything properly in German. So I did that for about eight years, Mamma Mia, 42nd Street, Cats, Dance of the Vampires. And halfway through the journey between between 1999 and 2006 or seven, there was this sheet or, or flyer, or I, I don't even print out next to the sign-in sheet at, at the stage door when you go in and you sign in to tell man- stage management that you're in, in the house. And it said, we're looking for native US speakers. I'm like, what is this? So I gave them a call and I said, what, what, what are you looking for? I'm from America, but what do you need? Oh yeah, we need like voiceover artists that are native US to record a CD. Remember when they had CDs? Um, record a CD on how to teach German kids how to speak English, like super simple sentences, like see Jane cross the street, watch the dog chase the ball, like really easy sentences. So I was like, all right, cool. And I had no clue what it was. So I went into the studio a week later and they said, here's the script and record it. Here's the German version that the kids will hear in the CD first. And then you have to match the tempo of the German speaker, but in English. I'm like, oh, that's easy. So I did it. And he's like, wow, you know, that you match the tempo. I'm like, yeah, of, of, of course. Like, that's what you asked me to do. Not realizing that like all the acting and singing and dancing training of understanding tempo and and all these different things mm-hmm. um, was actually a huge benefit. So I always say this and it's very embarrassing, but I didn't take this first job seriously at all because I was an American living in Germany, doing musical theater in German. And I did not think there was any way, shape or form that I could turn this into a business because I was in Germany. Like you most places would just have German voiceover artists. So I thought, so I'm doing the gig and realizing this is a one-off thing. I'll never do it again. And halfway through actually reading one of the lines, I was picking my nose. Gross, right? So the sound designer was like, can you take your finger out of your nose when you read the text? I'm like, oh my God, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And uh, that was my first voiceover gig. And then three months later, he called me back. It's like, yeah, we're doing another CD. Would you like to do it? I'm like, yeah, sure. Great. Not a problem. And then a month later, he said, oh, there's another job, not a CD, but another different job that we'd like to bring you in on. And by that third job, I was like, is this like a thing now? 
Like, how, how do I do more of this? Because I know I'm, I, I know you're calling me and I know you wouldn't call me if I sucked, right. but I don't know if I'm good. So what do I do? It's like, get training, understand how to work the mic. Don't think that you're on stage performing to 2000 people. You're just speaking to one person. And that's how it all started. And that was just with one studio, got some training, got some demos and just sent everything out. And then it just, it exploded. And I was doing voiceover during the day, performing on stage at night. And then the contract ended and the show closed for Mamma Mia in Germany. And I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to take a break from dancing and singing and acting on stage and just do voice acting for a bit and see how it goes. And I haven't looked back since. That's so funny. It's a very similar journey to me, but in a different way. You did it because you were working and then you got other work and I did it because I wasn't working and then started to find that creativity and love again in voiceover. Yeah. So I'm so curious in those beginning days, what were your jobs? Were they, well, were you fluent in German at the time? Oh God, no. Look, I was on stage performing in German for the first couple of years, not knowing any words that I was saying. It was, it was gibberish. But then the more shows you do the that in German, the more you recognize sentence structure, or I keep saying this word over and over again, what does it mean? And I just sort of would open myself up to, you know, going to the grocery store and being like, what is the name of broccoli? Oh, it's broccoli, but spelled with a K. And how is it pronounced? Broccoli. Oh, okay. Oh, I learned a new word today. So it was a very slow process to learn German, but then bringing that into the booth where you have German clients saying, here's the directions of, and here's where we want to go. Here's the specs. And this is what we want all in German. And that was a learning curve as well. But slowly but surely you you got to understand more of what they wanted. And, and that's, that's how I learned German. I didn't go to school. I just picked it up by interacting with people, which is really the best way to do it. Because you get, I mean, people can get so caught up in what's the proper formulation of the sentence. And am I using the right noun or the right verb or it's it it can get really in your head so it was good just to be in that repeat mode of all these different voiceover sessions they were saying that very similar things but maybe slightly different I'm like oh okay now i understand the pattern and that's just how it happened so I, I didn't speak german when i started um but i'm fluent now the the funny thing is is that when i have a new client and we have a directed session they always start in english as just being kind and you know, working their sometimes broken English. And I say, stop, we can speak German if you want, if that's easier for you. Oh, thank goodness, yes. Oh, that's awesome. How is that to go kind of, I don't speak any other languages. So I'm, I'm so fascinated by people who can flip back and forth and, and have that, that little chip in their brain that allows them to do that. It, it, I mean, it sounds fabulous. It took years, you know, and it, it was something that I was just open to. And I knew that it wasn't going to happen overnight, but I knew that it would happen. And the same thing is happening now with me being in Spain. So I just moved to Spain in the beginning of the year. And my sp I don't know any Spanish, <laughs> like other than hola and buenos dias and mañana and a couple of those things. And just by going, okay, you're in a new culture, you're in a new country, you're in a completely different language. What are the things that you keep recognizing? So going to the to the grocery store, what's the what's the word today? Um, uh, almond milk. I, I bought almond milk and it's al, al, almendras. Almendras. Great. Okay. Almendras leche, I think. Leche milk. Um, great. That's my new word for today. That's awesome. 
So when you were kind of back into the the first months and years of your career uh, as a voice actor in Germany, what kind of projects were you working on? Was it mostly corporate stuff? Was it commercials? Or I'm so curious. Yeah. So there's there are commercials in Germany, but they're predominantly in German. So I wouldn't really get booked for ads until the internet started to really take over. And it was like, okay, we have this this ad in German, but it also has to be done in English for YouTube or for a social media platform or, or whatever. So the beginning jobs were, there was a, a corporate industrial narration gig for Mercedes-Benz, the town that I live in, in in Germany is Stuttgart, where Mercedes-Benz is based. And they would have the German voiceover artists going first. I would watch them do the thing. I would watch the film as the German speaker was working his magic on that script. And then we would switch spots. We'd do a high five going in between the, the booth. And I just would be like the, the English dubbing of the German film, industrial film, film into English. And that's sort of how I just got into it. So it, it, they were these these big industrial jobs for big German international companies, but I was just so psyched to be getting the work and having this this multicultural language experience while also diving into this new, completely different field of work that I, I never thought I would I would be in. So that was how I got started doing a lot of corporate narration and, and industrial stuff. And then slowly as the internet started to really take off and there were explainer videos, right? I was there when when they started to do explainer videos. I'm like, oh, wow, I don't have to do the the pretend that I have the big booming movie trailer voice for these corporate narration industrial stuff. I can be the geeky nerd that I am with explainer videos and e-learning and and YouTube videos and and that's really when when things really took off and I could really use the vocal qualities that I already have organically and bring that to the table. And there was no one else doing that style as a male U.S. voiceover artist in Germany. Mm. Everybody else was the big booming movie trailer voice that couldn't do the e-learning explainer video. So I just dove in and had so much fun doing it. I love that you like found that little spot for yourself right away and, and stayed true to yourself and, you know, you were authentic in, in your reads because you felt like this was your, you know, that something that spoke to you. Yeah, totally. And I, I think being authentic in your reads, it, it's so, especially when we're putting on a character or like it has to sound like this, it can, it can sometimes feel forced or you have to slip into the character, get comfortable with the character and then how would that character read it? But sometimes you get those gigs where it's like, I would say this talking to my friend, you know, there is zero acting involved. There is zero character work involved. This is exactly how I would say it to a friend. And they're like, great, this is what we want. Or maybe a couple little little changes here and there. It's like, fantastic, not a problem. But it, there's something about getting gigs that are suited to you that feel so much more authentic and organic that flows beautifully and it just feels really natural. So I love it when that happens. Yeah. Last summer and then again um, in the early spring, 
I recorded something for a product that then I actually bought for my kid, <laughs> which was so funny because anything that's like kid related or products or something like that, that I feel like, oh, I know this, like I know what this is supposed to be. Those are the auditions I feel like I really connect with. And I sent that audition off. I don't often do this, but I sent that audition off and I was like, I could get this one. Mm -hmm. And then I did. And then you did. And then I bought the product. <laughs> In between the, like after the first session, I was like, I should probably buy this product. And then after the second session, I was like, should I tell them that I bought this? But it was a little, I, I kind of felt the vibe and it was like, we're going to just like truck along. They were wonderful and very nice, but it was definitely very business oriented. So I did not tell them I bought the product. But maybe next time. Maybe next time. They had a deadline. So you had to, you know, business first, but maybe next time be like, by the way, I'm a huge fan. And then after that, after you kind of like got yourself, got your footing and you found your little spot, do you have agents in Germany? Do you have agents in the States? Like, how did that work in the beginning? I have agents in Germany and a couple other places in Europe. Sometimes they call all the time. Sometimes they don't. So it's good to have a couple, you know, fingers in a couple pies and a couple industries and a couple countries. Um, or in the, in the States, it would be in a couple of states because Europe is much smaller than the States. Um, and I also thought, you know, why don't I try and get an agent or an agent or two or three in the States and see how that goes. And, and I did get a couple of agents in the States and it was exciting and I was super pumped. But because of this interesting thing called a time difference. Mm, yes, that was going to be my next question. <laughs> I would get auditions at like 10 o'clock at night and I wouldn't be on my phone or checking emails at 10 o'clock at night. So they would have to wait until end of day their time, which would be early morning my time. And it it was just, I felt really bad. And I said, you know that I'm in, I'm in Europe and that we have a six to nine hour time difference and I hope that's okay. I said, no, we'll work with it. But after a while, it, it, it just didn't work. And I felt really, really bad. And I just said, you know, I think I think it's time that I just stay focused on on the the time zones that I can really do properly without disappointing myself and anybody else. So that was um, eye opening to realize that although I am global, although I we all are with with the internet and we can connect with so many people all over the world, it's good to know that you don't have to be everywhere all the time. And it's good to know to take care of yourself. So it was eye-opening for me to, to see that. And since then, uh, I've worked with this one agency called Brilliant Voice for the the, the, the longest agent that I've had in, in Europe. They're based in Berlin. And a couple, nah, eight, nine years ago, they offered something called management, which is also additional to the agent side of things. And so I said, what is this? Like, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of your, um, your scheduling and we have access to your calendar and we'll do all the emailing for you and all the bookings. And you just have to show up and get it done. And, you know, that's all it is. I'm like, oh my goodness, I love being, you know, in control of my business and, and having all this stuff. And it, it got to a point where I was on vacation and I shouldn't have brought my mic with me, but of course we all know you sometimes need to record something or do an audition or, or, you know, do a pickup of a job and the client can't wait two weeks until you get back. So I was on vacation with some friends and I said, I'm leaving the mic behind. We're going to take a drive down the coast and just see this new city. A client calls 
urgent, urgent, urgent. I need this done immediately. I'm like, well, you, I emailed you and I said, you know, I'm going to be on vacation these two weeks, but I can get it done, you know, tonight or maybe tomorrow morning. No, I need it now. And I'm on the phone and my friends are in the back and I'm trying to schedule something and we almost get into a car accident. Oh my gosh. And I think, okay, no job is worth the lives of me and my friends. So when I got back from, from vacation, I called my um, called the Brilliant Force agency and I said, you know, I, tell me a little bit more about this management thing, how you take care of phone calls and emails when I'm busy or when I'm not busy so I can focus on other things. I said, yeah, this is what we offer. So after lots of hemming and hawing and getting out of my own way, I said, let's give this a go. And so my main agency and management is with Brilliant Voice Agency. I'm also on rosters of other agents. So the other agents call the one agency to get my scheduling and, and availability. And I have so much more free time. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not putting myself or other people in danger. I know. I feel like in the beginning, you, not you personally, the, the global you, when you, you're starting out, it's like you don't want to or you feel like you can't or you can't afford it to outsource those things. But yeah, when that shift happened for me, which was during the pandemic, actually, because my husband was off um, out of work because he works uh, on Broadway. And so while the shutdown was happening, he was home. So I was gifted this full time child care um, and more time which was great. But then I was finding myself still spending so much time on like invoicing research that I personally didn't need to do. Somebody else could do that for me. And when that kind of shift happened and I looked at the budgeting and I said, I think I can afford a personal assistant for a couple of hours a week to take that kind of stuff off my plate, making social media graphics or whatever stuff for this podcast. It was so freeing because then when I could sit down to do my work, it felt like this is the work that I need to do. She can't do my auditions. She can't actually send the you know personal emails to clients, but I can, and now I have the time and the headspace to do it. 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge fan of outsourcing. A lot of people are like, what? I need a virtual assistant. I need a CRM tool. No, you don't know how to run a business yet. You need to be so frustrated that you don't have time anymore and you have systems that work that you've built yourself to then go, okay, what can I outsource? What do I not have to do? And what are the things that I literally have to do? Otherwise, there is no business. As a voiceover artist, you have to be behind the mic. It's your voice. It's not your virtual assistant's voice that's doing the, doing the work. It's, it's you. So what are all the other things that you don't really have to do? And it doesn't have to be, here's my entire business. Take care of it. It can just be a couple hours a week and go from there. Even that can help anybody just get some breathing room and go, okay, what do I want to focus on? What do I need to do and what don't I need to do? And how can I better manage my time? I'm a control freak and I'm someone who likes to, who feels like I need to do it because this is the way that I want to do it. And finding someone that you trust is super important. And the woman that I found is amazing. And I feel like I can email her and say, hey, here's the instructions on how I want this done. And that's how she does it. And she's also open if, you know, something is not working right or, you know, I need to change something or tweak something. But, you know, now that we've done it for a few months and she's kind of in a rhythm and I'm in a rhythm, it's like, oh, you know, each invoice takes, I don't know, three minutes, five minutes. But being able to outsource that and not have to, you know, pull my focus from the day to do those things has really opened up time for for more auditions. 
And the thing is, when you bring somebody on board, I mean, we're talking about building a business now, building an empire. Um, when you bring somebody on board, I think a lot of people think you're on board now. So like do it. But people forget that there's a whole training phase involved where you're not only running your business and doing everything all by yourself. Yes. You also have to carve out time to teach your virtual assistant or your assistant how to do it, which is like, oh, this is, I don't, I have even less time now. It's an investment in your business that you don't have to do all of that all the time because you're teaching somebody. And once they get the, the swing of it, it's theirs. All you have to do is like quality control when, when things happen or, or just to check that the invoices are okay or check that the research is done, which takes much less time than doing absolutely everything yourself. Yeah. So speaking of that, I'd love to shift gears because at some point you kind of went from not only being a voice actor to being someone who is an expert at kind of the other sides of the business. And I would love to know about your how you came to to write your first ebook, Voice Over Garden, which I may still have on a hard drive somewhere. And I kid you not, I read it so many times. It like lived open on my desktop. Oh. And I would reference it all the time because there were so many I felt like at the time it was very new, innovative, interesting concepts that I hadn't heard about direct marketing and, and all that kind of stuff. So I'm so curious how you came to, to write that. Wow. Thank you um, so much. Uh, anybody that wants a copy of uh, Voice Over Garden, it no longer exists. So Stephanie, you are one of the few that still have copies of it. The reason why I created the ebook on you know just saying what my process is as a voiceover artist on how to prepare and how to how to work a script or how to break things down in a script or how to market myself or all these things is just me writing down my process of how I've gotten to where I am so far just the something that I'm I'm a big believer in you can only teach what you, what you know and you can only tell people what you know so I just said this is where I came from this is where I am now and if this is helpful to anyone then great and I'm moving in a direction that I feel good about. So come along this journey with me. Who knows where it goes? So I was writing all this stuff down and I was also coaching at the time, coaching voiceover, just to see if it was something that I wanted to do. And I realized very quickly that I could teach somebody how to break down copy or how to do inflections or how to deliver something or how to find a character. But when we would start to talk about business, my energy shifted and I could go on and on and on about it. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm teaching all these things about how to do voiceover and I don't want to repeat myself. So I'm going to, you know, create an ebook and say, students read this next chapter and then next week we'll work on this. Then they would work on it and then we would work on it. And then we would talk about business at the end of the session every single time. And I'm like, I think there's more in me than just teaching voiceover. And luckily, at the time it was it was horrible, but luckily there was someone that downloaded or bought the voiceover garden ebook, copy copyrighted it, copywrote it, trademarked it behind my back and said, I am the owner of voiceover garden. You are owned by me. No. Yeah. Did you know this? This is brand new news. So this internet copycat found that, I don't know, he, he stole all of my content basically. And I didn't know back then that if whoever the first person is to trademark anything, even if it's a an internet copycat, will be the lawful legal owner of 
that product. That's crazy. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what? And then, of course, everybody's like, Jonathan, is this you? What's going on? I'm like, no, th- this isn't me. So it was complete um, defamation. And like the name of Voice of Regard was completely just something different. And I could legally do nothing about it. So I just said, okay, I think it's time to call it quits. And I think it's very clear that you're more interested in teaching about business and branding and marketing and stuff like that than teaching somebody how to read copy. And there's much more need for it because there's not that many people doing it. And why not go for it? So, of course, I, you know, took a a vacation and took some time off just to think things through and slowly started to build what is now the empire of um, Jonathan Tilly, a personal brand strategist. And, of course, the very first thing that I did was buy my URL, jonathantilly.com, and um, get my name trademarked. That is a wild story, which is such a shame because there's so much. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it might be outdated anyways, but I feel like there was so much good stuff in that in that book. That's a bummer. Thanks. Well, you know, I mean, that book was the was the first the first step in me breaking things down. And I think there was one chapter on direct email marketing. Now I've created the online course League of List Builders, which is a six week long guided online course. Like it's from that book, things have exploded out into much more meaty, ooey gooey, chewy, nice learning experiences than just a chapter in a book. So it was definitely a stepping stone and a springboard into what I do now. When you released that book, and even the beginning of League of List Builders, I do feel like there were only a few people kind of talking about direct marketing. And you are one of them. And I I've taken League of List Builders and I've done it um, on my own a couple of times. And it is such a great insight into some really deep dives of direct marketing and, and ideas and concepts. So tell us a little bit about the course itself. Yeah. So League of List Builders is the creative person's marketing plan to know exactly what to say, when to say it, and who to say it to. It's all about researching your dream clients, writing killer cover letters to Make them feel seen and heard because that's what it's all about. Empathy, building relationships, not sending spammy emails saying, well, if you ever need a voiceover artist and following up and just building those connections with your dream clients to say, hey, this is me. I think you're cool. You create really great content. And if you if anything comes, comes across your desk that fits my profile, but that could be a good match, I would love to be of service to you. I think that the best kind of marketing is where it doesn't feel like marketing. And a lot of people get those mass spammy email marketing newsletter, not newsletters, direct email marketing. It's all spammy. They don't use the first name in the in the salutation. It's, it's just so copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste, send. But with League of List Builders, it's much more personal and it's personalized. And it makes the people that you're reaching out to feel seen and heard because they're so used to getting those spammy emails. Yeah. You know, you know all the work that you put in into the the work that you do, the videos that you do, the the content that you create, the jobs that you do and you post them on your website. Wouldn't it feel amazing if somebody said, "Hey Stephanie, I landed on your I landed on your website a couple of days ago and wow, that video about fill in the blank was really great. And here's why." And just one sentence. That moment where the mom hugs hugs her child and and she knows that her child is safe and you bringing your your warmth 
of your voice on top of that, that just made me smile. Like, how good does that feel? Yeah, totally. You know? And if we can take a moment just to empathize with the people that are our dream clients and not want anything in return and say, hey, what you're doing in the world is great. Congratulations. If you need a partner in crime, I'm here for you. It's very simple. That's all it is. But really, there, there's a lot more to it. But uh, that's, the, that's the nuts and bolts of what League of List Builders is. You know, as you always say, and I quote you all the time saying this, make it work for you. I love that there's, you know, parts of League of List Builders that felt like, mm, I'm not sure if that part speaks to me or, oh, I don't know if I can handle that right now. Let me put that on the back burner. But I loved that it was like a great guidebook and a great framework and the details. There's so many details in all of your videos and, and all the, the coursework that I really felt like I could get, you know, my version of what I wanted to to then send to clients or potential clients. And I and I feel like it's it's one of those things that you have to kind of figure it out for yourself. There's people out there who are voice actors who say, I do not want to direct market. That's not me. I'm I don't want to reach out to people. And then other people who are like, I need to figure out, I need to see everybody's strategy and then I'm going to pick which one I like. Yep. I think the the thing of making it work for you is the, it's the, it's the, per, I'm, I'm all about personalization because we're, we're humans. Like we're, we are designed for human connection. Like that is, that is what we are designed for, right? So if I say in League of List Builders, which I don't, do this, copy this template, word for word, send this out on this day, do that, research this, like you're just a robot, right? So what if I said, this is how to do it. Here's the entire toolbox. Your hands might be small. So picking up the big wrench isn't going to work for you, but there might be a smaller wrench that's going to fit perfectly. So make that work for you. That means that your direct email outreach might be a little bit different. Thankfully, hopefully, we want that to happen, right? It shouldn't be a copy and paste email. It should be personalized in the way that you would say it. And also on top of that, most people don't know how to communicate or also don't know how to write. And with business, it's all through email. Everything is sent via email. Here's the script. Here's the video. Here's the blank. Here's the whatever. So it all has to be through email. And it is shocking to see how many people don't know how to formulate just a normal business email or what to expect or what to put out into the world without saying, give me a job, right? So that's also another layer of League of List Builders. It's not just a direct marketing email course. It's teaching you how to write proper business emails without coming off like a braggart and spammy and, and just cringy and gross. And I think that's what makes it feel really uh, easy to digest is because it's like, oh, I could do that because I'm somebody who I, I like need a plan. I, I like to have something very detailed to follow and then kind of riff on, you know, because when people are like, you know, just write a personal email. I'm like, what does that mean? And I loved seeing like, oh, got it. OK, yes, I can make that happen. In your own words, you know, it's, it's sort of like you, you're putting into the GPS navigation of Google Maps. I need to get from point A to point B. And it says, okay, you have five different routes that you can choose. You can choose the route that you want to drive, but you still have to get from A to B, right? League of List Builders brings you from A to B, but you choose 
how you navigate, which route you take that feels like you. Yeah. And then from there, how did you kind of move into the next step, which was adding on, you know, doing personal branding and social media and all that kind of stuff? So there was this online course, I can't remember who it was, and she had a really cool way of teaching her students how to brand themselves. And I took the course and I went, okay, it's not just, you know, my three favorite colors and a font. It's so much more. And going through that course and realizing, oh, okay, I know how to brand people and and brand myself and do a web website for myself and website for other people. There's this chip in me that most people don't have. And, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. And so I just um, started to ask friends that were rocking and rolling in, in, their, in their creative freelance businesses, like, hey, I'm thinking about doing like web design and branding. Would you mind if I like tried it with you? They're like, great, not a problem. Like, like it's totally free. If, if it sucks, then like, we'll take it down. Like, I just want to see if I can do this. And it was so much fun because I see this person, like for example, I see you, Stephanie Pam Roberts, and I go, yes, this is who she is. But you are the only, and we all see you that way as well, but you are the only person that cannot see yourself from the outside. It's sort of like you're a bottle of wine. You're the only person that can't see yourself from the outside. You can't see the label. You can't see anything. You just know that you are a bottle of wine. So it's my job to take that bottle of wine, put the right label on it, put it in the right shelf on the right level of the right supermarkets for your dream clients to walk by and go, that one. I want that bottle of wine. And it's just so much fun to see the transformation of people going, I feel like this, but I don't know how to express myself visually on a website or on Instagram or how to do that. I'm like, let's dive in. Here we go. And I absolutely love seeing people go, yes, this feels like me. This is me. This is a great visual representation of me. And I just love seeing that it's that transformation, like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Are you still doing website design? I am. I still do one-on-one branding and website design for clients one-on-one, but I also have part of my membership site, Inner Circle, a whole course called Website Makeover Masterclass, where I will teach you how to brand yourself for much less money than working with me directly. So if you're like, I just need a website, Website Makeover Masterclass. It's right there. I'm giving you all my secrets. But for the people that need a little bit more work done, or if there's a massive rebrand that needs to be done that they just go, I cannot do this on my own, give me a call. Yes, that's what I did. I did work one-on-one because I had a site and I was like, you know, I feel like I'm ready for whatever the next iteration of this is. So I I did work with, with Jonathan to have a full website overhaul. So my current website is his design and branding. And I've, I've since updated it, but for the most part, it is what, what we worked on together. Exactly. And I mean, that's the thing. The, the majority of, of my one-on-one design clients are people that are like, listen, I have a website. Business is going all right. I just need to elevate it. Great. Fantastic. So we already know who you are. Now, how can we just elevate it a little bit? And at the end, I'm always like, here's access. Here's how to change things. Go for it. Right. And if you need a second set of eyes, let me know and I'll give a look at it and give you my give you my two cents, you know. So I absolutely love the collaboration that happens with um good website and branding clients just like yourself. 
And I think something that's so wonderful about you is is the amount of resources that you give away for free or very low cost. Um, so I will definitely link everything in the show notes. But even your Instagram, I mean, I, I'm constantly like, if you're not following Jonathan Tilly, you should follow him because there's so many great creative ideas that can apply to voice actors or other people who are creative freelancers. Yeah. But, you know, it's a lot of just a lot of stuff that's like, oh, I didn't think of that. I'm going to use that. You know, just like little tidbits here and there that you so generously share with everybody. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So I would love to know your top three, like, favorite pieces of advice about Instagram. Oh, this is so good. Okay, brought this. I could go on and on. And on. Um, top three pieces of advice. Number one, do not overthink. Do not even think. The level that you should be thinking, which is not at all, should be go around the corner of where you live to that back alley where there's a dumpster, set it on fire, pee on it, drink a bottle of whiskey, and then flip on your phone and create something for Instagram. Very graphic, and we love it. <laughs> so a little, little bit graphic, but I mean, just because, oh my goodness, Stephanie, there's so many people. Everyone is like, should I do this? Should I do that? Like everyone is overthinking Instagram when really it's so easy. Do not think. Just go on and be yourself. And I know it's so hard to be yourself if you aren't sure what to show, what parts of yourself, but it's a process, right? So show a little bit of a different side of, of who you are. Yes, we have all seen you do the, the, <laughs> the, the booth selfie. Nice. What else can you do, right? Um, so just, just share a couple things. That's all it is. Don't overthink it. And that leads to the second thing, which is, yes, you are beautiful. You are worthy. You are priceless. You are important, but you are not that important for you to think that, oh, if I post this, then I have, have to, I can't post that. Or, oh, I, I changed my colors from periwinkle to light blue. Everyone's going to notice and think I'm, I'm, I'm an imposter. No one cares as much as you do. So it's your job to just have fun and show up and be seen as authentically as you can. Like that, that's it. The third piece of advice is, yeah, just just be authentic, and I know I know that's that's very hard to say, and to wrap our heads around. But let's break it down to the the nitty gritty. For me, authenticity is just being goofy, doing doing. I I raise my I'm doing it right now. I raise my eyebrows like I can, I cannot fit into a mold of this is what. Jonathan Tilly should be, right? I've, I've, I've tried that. It doesn't work. So I'm going to raise my eyebrows. I'm going to, you know, do a little funny dance if I want to. I'm going to pretend that I'm Pavarotti and and sing something silly. Like I'm I'm going to jump around. I'm going to zone out. I'm, I'm going to show these different aspects of myself on Instagram because that's just who I am. And I'm not putting anything on. I think the moment that you start to not put things on and not pretend to play a character of what you think people want to see. It's a stripping down of all the things you think people want to see. And what's left is this beautiful, authentic, perfectly imperfect person that has a lot of love to give and a lot of knowledge to share. And that's what we want to see. And authenticity, be, be yourself. Easier said than done. It's, it's a practice. 
And that's why I think being consistent on Instagram is so important, whatever consistency means to you, whether it be posting once a day or three times a week. The consistency, it's not about posting, posting so people don't unfollow you or forget you. I use Instagram as a practice to be as authentic as possible. I use it as a as a cathartic way of like, okay, what other aspects of myself do I want to share with people that would be helpful or beneficial? That said, do not have like a rant and a rage and a, or like go into a crying fit and be like, oh, great idea. Let's turn the camera on and talk to Instagram. Like we need to have healthy boundaries here, people. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but like you are allowed to be a little bit goofy. You're allowed to sing a little bit, dance a little bit, like whatever, just do it. You're going to feel so much better after you do it. And I think Instagram too is, can be a playful place. I was not on the reels train to begin with. I was like, I don't know. I'm not on TikTok. I cannot possibly do another social media platform. But then I did a couple of them and I was like, okay, this is actually kind of fun because I feel like I don't get to be all that creative sometimes. Like a day spent invoicing and direct marketing is not super creative. So it was kind of fun to be like, ooh, ooh I have an idea for this. Like I have yeah. I have something I could do for this or I have an idea for a song. And and it's been kind of fun to just like play around. And a few friends have been like, you're killing it on Instagram. You said it to me. And I was like, what? Jonathan Tilly thinks I'm doing well on Instagram? Yeah. So yeah, it can be, it can be fun. And, you know, and I think it's been nice to give myself that freedom to share a picture. I don't share her face or her name, but share a picture of my daughter and just show like, Also, I'm a mom. That's a huge part of my life. And I don't want to just be like, I am a serious voice actor and I have nothing else. Totally. 100%. And, you know, I use reels. I love reels. They're so much fun. As a kid, I would, I loved MTV and I would love watching music videos. And that was just such a integral part of, of me wanting to do what I wanted to do as a musical theater performer. And now that we have reels, which is like our own little mini music videos that we can create. Even even on the days where I'm like super stressed out, I'm like, I need to take a break. Uh, I just need to have some fun. <gasps> oh, create a reel. Take two minutes, create a reel. Just, just have fun. Don't think, just create something. And I always feel better after. Yeah. Do you have any last pieces of advice, whether it's from the voiceover side or kind of the, your direct marketing, branding, social media side to share with us? It's not about you. It's about them, Mm. which is the crux of League of List Builders. It's not about you. It's all about them, right? So if you can create content that's like, for example, Instagram, if you can create content that's fun and and is jovial and it's a good time, that's nice. Can you create content that's fun and jovial and friendly and personable and authentic that will make your dream clients go, ooh, nice. That's even better right? For direct marketing. Can you send out an email saying, well, if you ever need a voiceover actor, give me a call. Gross. But can you send out an email just saying for the first half of the email, I think what you do is really great. And here's one specific example that I think really touched my heart. And this is where I am. The second half of the email will be like, this is who I am. And this is why I do what I do. And I'd love to partner with you sometime, sometime down the line. So have a great day and speak to you soon. It's not about you. It's all about them. It's like, it's empathy. It's being a human. It's um, be a good person and be a good person to other people. Treat yourself kindly and treat, treat other people kindly. But yeah, I think, I think that it, it never goes out of style to be a good person and it never goes out of style to help other people. And 
I just found things that I enjoy myself and that I enjoy teaching to other people that does that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing about your your story living in, uh, you know, overseas, abroad, being an American voice actor and all of these other little goodies and, and talents and skills that you picked up along the way. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me on the show. Talking to Jonathan always makes me smile because he's so passionate about what he does both behind the mic as a voice actor and in his work with creatives on Instagram and email marketing. I've done a bunch of his courses and they are all wonderful with actionable ideas and techniques presented in a joyful and fun way. And of course, you should definitely follow Jonathan on social media where he gives a ton of ideas and content away for free. So I'm linking his socials and website in the show notes, which you can find at my website, makingittothemic.com. If you have a moment, please like, subscribe, and leave a review for this podcast so other voice actors out there can find it too. Thanks so much for listening, and here's a little preview of the next episode. Because we can all benefit from thinking about our voice and our acting and our craft in terms of our personal identities of gender and sexuality. That's next time on Making It to the Mic.